everybody. Welcome to We're Gross, We Show Whole. I'm Gilly. I'm Jake. We're really excited that you came back for episode three. This is a really exciting episode. Later, we're going to be joined by the truly gift from heaven, the magical, the sparkly Nicole Byer, who you probably know as the host of Nailed It, NBC's Grand Crew, a thousand animated projects. She's our favorite live improviser to watch. So we're going to get the treat of hanging out with her later. And a great podcast host of her own. Oh, shit. Best friends. (laughs) Why won't you date me? A true podcast magnate. Yes. So today's theme of the episode just so happens to be a lighthearted episode about death. Mm -hmm. At top of every episode, Jake and I check in so that we could later write monologue jokes off of it. So let's commence the check-in. Okay. Jake, how are you feeling about the lighthearted episode about death? (laughs) Um, Good. I, I think about death kind of a lot. I wonder if that is true for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all get older, so you get closer to it. Is Uh, it increasing? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I mean, trying to keep it light, but it's like, I think about it a lot. Yeah, Uh, me too. You just made me think of like a little icon of you on a scrolling thing of like zero to coffin. (laughs) You're just like scrolling (laughs) closer to coffin. Yeah. The death thoughts are getting higher. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a graph of it uh, increasing as I move down the timeline. (laughs) And when you think about it, is it a moment of fear? Is it a moment of... uh, uh, my brain just shorted because I wanted to say wonder and awe. Mm-hmm. And so my brain was saying onder. Onder. Is it a moment of onder? Is it? <laughs> yeah. <You> tell me. <laughs> On wonder? Yeah. I don't think I have. That's not where my fear lies. Um, it's more in if it's going to be painful and mm-hmm. I'm not thrilled about that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously experiencing it without it being my own. Okay, so other people dying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You made it sound like someone else was going to hijack your death. (laughs) I was dying, and then Gilly swooped in and just fucking really made it about her. (laughs) I would love to steal your death moment. (laughs) That would be fucking great. (laughs) I would never. Well, sometimes you can't control it. Right, right. Sometimes it's just a bigger deal. I also um, think about death a lot. And I think I always did, but I would shove it down, you know, if my brain was a laundry basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some thoughts that you lay on top and they're going to get washed and folded and put back away. But death was the thought that if I spotted it in the laundry basket, it would get shoved back yes. down to the bottom. It's the, the like stained sweatpants you don't want to <laughs> mix with the other <laughs> items. I'm going too far with the analogy. but I get it. But now I think I allow it to be on the surface and sort of I handle it. I wash it. I fold it. I put it away. And then it eventually gets back. And to then the it comes back basket. to the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was good. <laughs> um, yeah, I have like a, a long dying parent. I have a dad who's just been dying <laughs> for a really long time mm-hmm. from Alzheimer's, which was like early onset and now is just onset. <laughs> okay. It's like when someone gets famous on Twitter and they're, everyone's like, they're 19, they're so funny. And then it's like, well, now they're 29 and they're just funny. I don't, yeah. I don't know if this is really anything. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now he just has Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And um, you start thinking about how, you know, you don't want things to happen to you that you're observing and um, how you would do things differently. We we never talked about it with my dad. I literally had a family meeting last night debating my dad's burial plans, even though he could live for two years. Yeah. We, we have no idea. And it's just so morbid and gross. And like, 
to keep it light, you can be like really annoyed at someone <laughs> for like, he didn't want to think about it. So now I have to think about it and then eat Indian food with my mom and sisters. <laughs> like, yeah, you should have thought about it, sir. So yeah, I think everybody should think about it in, I don't know. It's like so big. It's very big. I had two friends in the last couple of years who both kind of lost their dad suddenly. And one of them took the time to like set everything up. There's something called the Neptune Society, which handles the body and cremation and you can like set it up. And then my grandpa did it. So when my grandpa passed away, we just had a little card called the wow. number and it was all taken care of. Wow. And one of my friend's dad did that and the other did not. And the friend whose dad did was talking to me on the phone and he's like, make sure your dad does that. He's like, our other friend is like swimming in problems. That's because so sad. And we didn't think about it. And it's like $30,000 in Los Angeles for a, a grave. What? Plot. But what I just learned is you can stack coffins. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm stacking, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm st well, there's, we're a five-member family, and I'm I'm going to see how deep we can go. Yeah. If we can get all five of us, like, packed in, which is like, on. I think if you think about it when you're a little kid, you're like, that's horrible. And then later you're like, why is that horrible? Why, yeah. do you, why do you need to be beside each other? Still probably separated by the same amount of dirt, just side by side instead of on top. Like, <laughs> but I'm saying let the coffin <laughs> scrape. Yeah, I think I think people equate death with sleep and sleeping on top of somebody feels inappropriate. Is weird. Sleeping next I get to somebody that. feels okay. But what if you were, it's like bunk beds versus two <laughs> twin beds side by side. It's an equal amount of space. Also... If you were buried stacked, would you want to go head to toe? <laughs> like someone's head is facing one way, the person on top, the head's the other way. And no, I think all, I, I think all, all heads, all toes. Yeah, <laughs> all heads and toes. It's probably know. bad vibes to have like your feet pointing at your tombstone. Well, headstone, <laughs> not footstone. Fuck, man, you got me. <laughs> you got me, dude. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> the Neptune thing. That's also like so lovely, but also so shitty that you have to like do it yourself. Like that's such an indicator of like, I don't want to be a bother. Yeah. Like, but it's also beautiful. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about but it. I, I mean, that's one of my biggest fears is being a bother after I die. <laughs> <laughs> how so? Specifically in the funeral planning? So, or whatever. I don't know. Like... It'll come up in a later segment today, but I have stuff that nobody should have to, like, deal with. Oh, 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 like cleaning out an apartment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, these are a lot of shoe boxes, buddy. What is one thing you can think of right now in your apartment that if you didn't ever come back to your apartment, you'd be bummed that someone would probably find? Oh, man, I have like, <laughs> I have like a couple of like um, sex toys that would be a real... <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> How hard would they have to dig? <laughs> Not that hard. <laughs> it, they would trip on them coming in the door. I live alone. Are you kidding me? I know, I know. I was going to say, like, you know, those kitchen racks where people hang like pots and pans, like you just have some like, <laughs> like a really nice Le Creuset. They just hit their head on a bunch of them. Clunk, yeah. clunk, clunk. It's a wind chime. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Yeah, my vibrator is sitting above a drawer. It would take one inch to keep it in a more sort of like honorable mm -hmm. hidden spot. And I won't even do that. Yeah, my vibrator is the obvious one. I also have some, 
I took from my parents' house. I am sentimental. And I kept a bunch of notes from high school that, you know, you want to like believe that you are an evolved person. And then you read the notes you wrote or received from your friends from high school. Mm -hmm. And it is full of using words about gay people as though it just means bad um, left and right. And then most of them are the notes that my friends wrote me because I, they, yeah, they had the, I didn't like ask for them back. And then there's like one in there. So it, it was like really damning for them, you know, damning where we like, I guess this is a kind of damning where we all forgive ourselves because it's like, we know better now. Yeah. Um, let's not try to pretend like let's, we can't erase the past, but also, oh my God, don't show these to anybody. Yeah. Um, there's one in there and it just, I just got damned to hell with them. <laughs> I could just, so I just call something gay <laughs> just like immediately. And it's such a bummer. I wouldn't want anyone to find that, but also I guess I just took all the power away from it by talking about yeah, it right now. Yeah, I think you're okay. So yeah, I guess I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's not so bad. Do you clear your internet history with thoughts of someone, you know, possibly you die and someone will see it? No, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. You going to do it now? <laughs> I don't know, because I, if I'm honest, that's the last thing I want to do after I've masturbated is, like, clear my cookies. <laughs> First you got to wipe your cookies off your tummy, and then you can clear your cookies off your computer. It really yucks the, um, I get it. Yeah, it's almost like, like tagging the moment with shame that it doesn't, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't need. I don't clear my history. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> In fact, I have videos that I like so much that I tend to kind of, I called it videos. I guess that's a real, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a better term, but it just sounded silly. <laughs> I think videos. Like I have my dog videos that I uh-huh. giggle to, and then I have my girl on girl videos <laughs> that I finger myself <laughs> to, and they're all videos. Um, and I cleared my history once. I don't even remember why. I think I was like writing something and Googling a lot of weird shit mm-hmm. and just was like, this is going to get me like SWAT team is going to come to my house. And um, couldn't ever find the video again because the terms were like natural breasts, mm-hmm. like the most generic sort of like, you can never find her again. And she's lost into the Annals of the internet. Yes. <laughs> Should we uh, stop down and write some monologue jokes yeah. off of our light conversation about death? <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Okay. See you soon. Okay, and we're back with some monologue jokes we just whipped up based Mm -hmm. off of the conversation we just had. That's right. (laughs) Did you know you can stack coffins on top of each other? It's like the eternal bunk bed. So when I call top bunk, it basically means I'm wishing you die before me. (laughs) (laughs) I cleared my search history and lost a valuable link to an adult video I enjoyed. It turns out my fetish for girl-on-girl big natural cans is not as unique as I thought. Jake is worried that when he dies, people will find he has sex toys, which is like Colonel Sanders worrying people would find a closet full of his white suits. 
This news, the world's most apologetic man died last week. When his family discovered his burial plan, they learned he didn't want to be laid to rest. Instead, he said, no thanks, I'm good standing here. <laughs> in lieu of a coffin, he was buried in the large box his four-foot HD TV came in, despite being six foot tall. The man stipulated he'd like his grave to be placed near a pool of water, like a lake or a toilet. <laughs> R.I.P. World's Most Apologetic Man, which of course stands for rest in please don't worry about me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Those were monologue jokes based on the conversation we just had. That was great. Yeah, that was fun. Um, so this is one of my favorite parts of getting to do this podcast is we're going to try out a segment that we brainstormed at the end of our last episode. Mm -hmm. And what we brainstormed, knowing that this episode's theme was lighthearted episode about death, is we wanted to eulogize each other. That's right. And ourselves. <laughs> and ourselves. Maybe most importantly, to sort of like hear what someone might say and then have a chance while we're alive to get out what we hope someone might say. Or, That's right. For me, it was more about like the life I hope to finish. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm really like shooting star, like making a wish upon <laughs> kind of with my eulogy. Okay. So before we get into it, how did you feel writing it? Writing yours was sad. Good. <laughs> and I took a different approach to writing mine. I wrote it as if I died like yesterday or today. Oh, so I wrote. Okay. And I basically used it as a, here's some things I want. Okay. <laughs> on the record. <laughs> Amazing. It was sad for me to write yours as well. Um, I did it on a bicycle at the gym. And so <laughs> Just one of those crazy things about life, you know, where it's like you're riding a bike, but also yeah. hey. contemplating your... <laughs> One of your best if friends. If it ever deaths. really happens, can you not multitask? I'll get off the bike. Me? I'll get okay, off the bike. Thanks. Oh man, I'll get off the bike for like an hour. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go first? Okay, so I do my own. Yes. Okay. Jake Jabor died yesterday at the age of forty. He had lived in Los Angeles for the last fifteen years, where he always claimed that he would die in his apartment, and he did in fact die in his apartment, slipping, getting out of the shower. <laughs> he is sorry for whoever has to clean his apartment, most likely his mom and sisters, for not doing a better job of keeping it clean. He would like to thank Dan for going in there and setting fire to all his technology <laughs> and emptying the trash cans before anyone else could get in there. Jake would like people to know <laughs> some of his accomplishments. He double majored for his undergraduate and got a master's degree, too. He has paid very little of the money he borrowed to do that back to the government. He taught special education for 10 years, wrote two books and left an unfinished novel about a secret agent who travels through time to partner with his old, drunk, fat, and disgraced future self. He experienced a lot of rejection in his life, but always used it to do something new, like a late-night talk show, or a podcast, or an improv theater. He was a very good improv teacher, and he really wants people to know that, which is a little sad. He also has some apologies to make. He would like to apologize to Tara for asking her to cover his babysitting job so he could go to a party. He would like to apologize to Cody for writing on her arm in middle school. He would like to apologize to Gilly for trying to do his sketch show and do a word gross bit and not getting over to the theater in time to do the word gross bit. He is sorry to Amalia and Zach, who he still owes script notes to. He would like to apologize to Emily for not paying her back the $40 he borrowed for a jacket before they broke up. He still has that jacket, and he thinks about the $40 every time he sees it. He is survived by his three cats, who he is sure ate his eyeballs, a parting <laughs> gift. 
He hopes his sisters will take care of them. It actually made him very sad to think about leaving his three cats behind. <laughs> Jake, that was both lovely and a little bit infuriating as your friend. You roasted yourself. <laughs> Um, Wow, I'm blown away. I have so many questions. (laughs) Is this something you prearranged with Dan or you just kind of feel like he'll step in? Well, I feel like we joked about it enough that he'll take it seriously. Okay, yeah. I'll make sure. (laughs) And also, you're going to finish that novel. (laughs) You you like roasted yourself for something that's not really fair. (laughs) Thanks. That's true. It's a really good idea. I'm excited to read it. And you also predicted your own death. Yeah. The method. Every time I get out of the shower, because I've like done a little like wobble. And I'm like, that could be it, dude. You live alone. I live with a roommate and she still might not know I'm bumping around in there. And, you know, we're too old to be like, knock, knock, you okay? Unless like, I don't know, a gunshot went off. Like, what noise would you have to hear? Cleaning my gun in the shower. Well, isn't that smart? (laughs) (laughs) Can I get you some gripper mats? Is that going to ease? Yeah, it might. Yeah, that would be nice. I actually hate them. I'm a bath taker and... You don't want to lay on top. You got to move the mat. And I believe you have a shower tub combo as well. Yeah. But you can remove it. Okay. I'm excited about that. That's great. (laughs) Something nice came out of this. Do you feel any relief getting those apologies out? Yeah, I do. I don't want to take the heat off of it, but I don't really remember that thing you apologized to me for. So it's really okay. Okay. I think about it. And, you know, edit. I, that was totally kidding. That was very short. Okay. This is my sincere eulogy to you. <laughs> and it was really sad to write. Here we go. Okay. Oh, this is sad. <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of did it for the record of just like, this is in, you know, 40 years, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's less specific because I don't predict your death. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is really sad. Okay. Here lies Jake, handsome and funny, his belly button ring projecting the sun back at you as his shining personality dazzled his many friends. A best friend of mine and certainly my favorite collaborative partner in this strange but lovely world. I'm making eye contact with you as we're doing this. If Jake was ever roasted in life metaphorically, it was only because he was so kind and thoughtful, it often inspired a moment of reflection. If Jake was roasted literally, like perhaps in his own eulogy to himself, it was because he was someone you wanted to share and savor. Always curious and interested in self-improvement in a sincere way, spending time with Jake can only be described as starting out great and only becoming increasingly so. Jake found himself teaching at multiple phases in multiple ways, affecting the lives of so many who are changed for the better. His ability to give a damn about something was always noticed and won't ever be forgotten. (laughs) Jake was an author of several wonderful books and screenplays that are as honest and funny as he lived. And he is survived by so many lucky and happy cats. (laughs) Try to think of a number that is huge, but one less before it becomes weird. (laughs) That was, uh, I'm like crying. (laughs) Why did we do this? (laughs) That was really sweet. I don't want you to die. (laughs) I don't want to die. I'm really glad you're alive. Really nice. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. 
So now, <laughs> I don't really have much to respond. It was so you nice. To. You don't have to. I mean, the good news is you won't. Yeah. So now do we go and do my sincere one to you and then end on the funny one? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I'm going to miss Gilly. Oh. <laughs> the world is going to miss her. I think we will all be a little less taken care of, a little less seen without her presence. <laughs> Gilly was the best kind of person to be friends with because she was always looking to make life more fun. Whether that meant having puff paint at her birthday party so people could make shirts and hats, or having sandwich and stand-up nights, or hiking or surfing or jumbos for Wilma's birthday. Gilly wasn't just interested in having more fun herself. She wanted to ensure other people had more fun too. Gilly also looked for ways to make life better for other people. Sometimes this was through actions like giving blood regularly or receiving a grant for her neighborhood cleanup crew proposal. And sometimes this meant doing challenging work for herself that either made relationships better or inspired others like myself to self-examine. Gilly will always be the person who championed me for being me, and I'm not... <laughs> I'm not sure I would have lasted out here in Los Angeles without her. I learned to cook, exercise, and love myself because of her influence. Her acts of kindness, like being the first person I called when I got dumped, <laughs> or when Lemon died and she was right there. Uh, it never even occurred to me that she might have been busy. I'm sure she was. But she made me a priority and has always looked out for me. <sighs> Uh, you're alive. Um, <laughs> from snacks at her place to say nice things about me behind my back to saying yes to making a late night show with me to turning it into a podcast and keeping me employed for the last 35 years. Gilly may be known for being the first person to project her genitals onto the surface of the moon using future hologram technology. But to me, she will always be the pinnacle of human connection. <laughs> Why didn't we realize that this was going to make us cry? I'm really glad we did this. That felt really good. Oh, good. This literally is assuaging a fear. Yeah. That, like, I don't know, my sister would fumble the eulogy <laughs> at my funeral and not through any fault of her own, you sure, know? Sure, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. I I'm would like to alive. project my naked vagina to the moon. <laughs> I thought so. And I didn't even know that I would like that. <laughs> yeah. We both wrote this as if it would happen many years into the future. Yeah, so that's, that's nice. nice. Well, you know, we have no control, so. <sighs> this feels stupid to do now. <laughs> okay, here's my eulogy. And honestly, you know what? It's not stupid. It's just take note, anyone who may be responsible for delivering this. Yeah. Uh, here lies Gilly. It was in her late 30s that people finally admitted that Simply by being in her presence, she had been making people spontaneously come for years. <laughs> once, the news was once the news was first reported on by CNN, Gilly handled all the coming with her signature humor and attractive humility. It was around that time that the world declared Gilly a creative genius. The world, embarrassingly late to this discovery, responded with funding endless projects that will endure the test of time and fart jokes, monuments of her essence that will last for generations. Gilly is survived by her partner, insert name here, <laughs> And they and her friends talk about the funny and cool stuff that she did fondly and often. Aw. 
We both saw you as somebody who would have a profound, somewhat sexual impact on the yeah. world at large. That's cool. Uh, yours had less coming, but <laughs> I'll forgive you. <laughs> wow. Wow. People should do this. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. You know, what was kind of nice about it is... <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the past when I've spoken at funerals, it's been hard because it's like, this is kind of the moment. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm going to do it right and yeah. I overthink it. And this was like a really sweet... It was like very easy. No pressure. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, it's literally we're alive, so <laughs> there's no pressure. <laughs> I haven't had to speak yet at a funeral. I know that I will be the one probably or one of the people at my dad's funeral. So, you know, you're like stuck in traffic, like morbidly because specifically the disease my dad has. I, I'm not saying this is just like what people do. Maybe they do. I don't know. But I find myself thinking about my dad and it slips into like speech mode. And then you're realizing you're like eulogizing a little bit. And the audience is going to be pretty different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it'd be nice to have two funerals the way like sometimes for your birthday, you're like, I'm going to have dinner with my family and then I'm going to like yeah. funerals should be that way. Like you have your like, this is the meat and potatoes with all like, you know, just like weirdos from my temple that wanted to come and then the the late night funeral yeah 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 like awake kind of right i think awake sometimes does is that, that what it is i don't know i don't know either <laughs> <laughs> okay uh we gotta take a little break from that tension and literally wipe our tears away so uh we'll be right back with the wonderful nicole buyer And we're back from break. I've got that that tearful glow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but luckily, a ray of sunshine has entered the room. Yay! Yay! It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Nicole Mario. Hello. I'm uh, so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're giving it more uh, authenticity than Chris Pratt. I would Listen, say. Listen, I couldn't watch the movie. No. Yeah. I said this is not the Mario I know. This was them saying, we don't care. It was upsetting. We don't care what you want. We're doing what we want. I didn't like it. A computer just like spit out a piece of paper that said Chris <laughs> Pratt. And they said, yes. They're like, yes, we got to do it. He's got to be all the voices. He's also Garfield. Garfield. Yeah, that is so rude. I was like, wait, what? Bill Murray as Garfield was upsetting to me, but it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's a comedian and <laughs> he sort of has a... Wait, Bill Murray was Garfield? He was a Garfield, I should say. There have, of course, probably been many, oh. but he was, yeah. he was a Garfield that I could respect. He's <laughs> the... the, the the rumor was that it was directed or written by a Cohen, Cohen and, he and he thought, thought it, it was a Cohen brother. Yes. But I didn't realize he was the voice of Garfield. I thought he was just in it. No, he yeah. signed on because he thought any Cohen was a Cohen brother. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, Ethan, Christian, I don't know, who cares? Bobby, Judy, <laughs> Judy, the lost Cohen brother. <laughs> She's cool. <laughs> You know, speaking of Lost, uh, Nicole, our yes. episode is themed for some reason. We decided to do this and then made ourselves cry a bunch. Uh, <laughs> this is the lighthearted episode about death. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one thing I wanted to ask you was, do you have an idea about what happens to a person when they die versus what you wish happens to a person? Like, what do you think really might happen? And what do you kind of like, maybe it's not real, but this would be great. So I wish... 
what happened is like in the movie Ghost. Uh huh. When he's like finally ready to like pass on, there's like a big light. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I gotta go into the light. Or like at the end of Titanic when uh, Rose dies. And then she has to live on the Titanic for all of eternity with the rest of the people who died and they're happy to see her. Oh, that's what that is? Wait, what? (laughs) Or am I interpreting it wrong? No, I just saw Titanic for the first time last year. Okay. Oh. And so a lot was washing over. Like, I was dealing with a lot, you know? Mm-hmm, I, sure. I wasn't doing, like, a close reading. I was crying my fucking eyes out, and the rest of the theater was like, this is our 50th time. What is her problem? <laughs> and I was blown away that Bill Paxton was in the movie. No, uh-huh. Nobody tells you that. No. no nobody and tells you. great. But that is so crazy that she lives to be an old woman, but then is is almost like damned to go back and live the worst (laughs) event of her life again and again. I don't know if they're reliving the sinking. I think it's like before the sinking Uh and they get to like party and stuff and eat off that lovely china. It's nice that Leo (laughs) is there, but I'm like actually sad to think that she lived so many more years and never found a happier time than Leo. Pre-crash. That was, what, four days on the boat? Mm. Look, it was a meaningful four days, and we all know that time on a cruise moves slow. (laughs) (laughs) So those four days in cruise time are actually four years. I think you're right. I actually would give it that. I think if you're, like, hanging out with someone on the deck of a boat for eight hours, which very likely could be, that's four years. I think so. (laughs) But, yeah, she had such a long life. Yeah, and I think another (laughs) husband who's probably, like, she never coming? Wow. She yeah, live he's, forever? He's waiting in their, like, condo, their eternal condo in the sky. <laughs> and she never comes. Imagine that's how you find out that you're not actually, like, soulmates or true loves. You're just in eternity alone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I actually was thinking about that when thinking about having this chat mm-hmm. of, like, promising people things in heaven is literally the same scam that like old people are being constantly submitted to of like right now, like old people are being scammed like worse than ever because technology is so Mm -hmm. hard for them that someone will just call and be like, yeah, it's an investment. Just like wire me this money or they'll be like, I'm your cousin. Don't you remember? Wire me this money. And then it just never comes. And it's like, what if dying is just like the original scam? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or heaven is the original scam. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if there is a heaven. So when you think of the white light, you walk towards it. Mm-hmm. It's warm, probably. It's warm. It's nice. And then, like, theoretically, you get to go to heaven. And there's someone there, like a club, with a piece of paper. And they're like, okay. And St. Peter is a hot bitch. Real hot. And yeah. for whatever reason in my brain, it's not like you go straight to hell. You go to heaven and then get rejected. And then you have to go to <laughs> hell. They that make, makes sense. That's a little twist of the knife. For, yeah, if that you were, is, I, I knew it. I'm getting in. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely getting in. Oh, my God. There's my neighbor. And then your neighbor gets in and you don't. Yeah. So you're getting past this gatekeeper. I would like to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you get to see, like, I'll get to see my parents. I'll get to see my grandma. I'll get to see all the people from my life who hopefully are there. Maybe I'll meet Tina Turner. Oh. oh. That'd be fun. It's like kind of like Earth, but with no barriers. Yeah. Do you think, because when you said, (laughs) when you were talking about Rose showing up at the Leo memory, but then she had some other husband just sitting, waiting. (laughs) I think in heaven, you can be at a few places at once. 
I think for my best wish, you can exist in all the happy planes, like infinite universes. Mm -hmm. And then the bad ones are just all gone. And then hell is you exist in all the bad ones and the good ones are all gone. Yeah. Wow. So like in the Titanic one, heaven is like, you can get off the boat. Mm-hmm. And then hell is, it sinks every day. It sinks every day. <laughs> the carpets are moldy. <laughs> the carpets are, oh God, the water damage. I couldn't even begin to imagine. <laughs> and then what do you think, like, if you're using a more sort of like cynical brain happens? Nothing. Yeah. A true just lights out. Yeah, I think in actuality, it's just nothing. Mm. Can I be honest? I think that's not so sad to me. It's not sad to me. Really? Is that your heaven? (laughs) (laughs) Peace and quiet. Nothing. (laughs) There's a little bit of that. As the two of you were talking, I was like, there are people who will probably get into heaven that I don't like. Mm. And do I have to see them? That doesn't feel nice. No, that's hell. Yeah, that is hell. But they <laughs> but like, they're up there. Who name names? <laughs> yeah, who 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 don't you want to see? Do we know them? Probably. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably. <laughs> and you think they're genuinely, you know, we're using some like existing religious stuff that's like stuck in our brains probably mm-hmm. thinking of like good and bad, but like who is so good? That they get into heaven and you hate their guts. Jesus? <laughs> you hate that man? Do you man? hate Jesus, Jake? Do you hate him? What do you ever do for I'm you? Okay with Jesus. I'm okay with Jesus. <laughs> but I believe that there's probably, I'm trying to think of somebody that it would be okay to say it about. But sometimes I'm like, you don't have to say a name. <laughs> sometimes you're around in a neighborhood or whatever and you're like, that person is perfectly nice, but I'm going to cross the street. Oh, yes. yeah. And also you can yes. be good, but your heart's bad kind of a thing. Like, or you think oh, you're being good. Yeah. Like good intentions, bad execution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think death is like, do you remember before you were born? I think it's like that. It's just, I don't remember yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Yeah. 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 So it's just sort of like some sort of energy cell, but no more cell. Yeah. No just more cell. I maybe like just, electric. Maybe. I do hope that before everybody dies, no matter like how much, like if you're impaled with something or like it's a gruesome accident, I really hope that like, there is a moment of peace before you go or like, that's what I really hope. I hope so too. And all the pain, because the body can be cruel. Yeah. I mentioned earlier, my dad has Alzheimer's and I'm just watching the body be cruel. The brain, the brain can be mean, but the body is kind of spectacular to watch it do stuff. It's wild. Like our good friend doesn't have a colon anymore. No, but he's still here. We Played a card game. <laughs> he's, he's walking around. He's doing it. And he's, he showed me his bag. I saw the He was bag. like, it might be gross for you. And I was like, no, I'm genuinely interested in your recovery and what you have to go through. And if you care to share, I, you know, it educates me a little. Mm-hmm. But yeah, bodies are spectacular. It's I wild. felt the same yeah. way. It was like truly like Frankenstein, beautiful yeah. miracle. And I'm so grateful some freak was willing to tinker around yes. with, like, and be like, what if we just put a bag on somebody? <laughs> what if we just put the organ that's inside outside? outside. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and then hmm, catch it with a bag. <laughs> it's fucking cool. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So like it can betray you and all these things. And like I'm trying to like get rid of wishing for like um, perfect moments and like cinematic mm. moments because I keep having all these thoughts for my whole family of just like. This week was really hard for my dad and therefore my mom and therefore me and my sisters. But like, if we get through this week, 
we'll get a good week next week. Like as though me doing my laundry and then giving myself a treat is mm-hmm. what the universe says is going to be true. Like you did have a hard week, you guys. Now we'll ease up. Like mm-hmm. that's I, not real. <laughs> I think you have to look at it as not like good weeks, good moments. Yeah. yeah. Like if your dad like remembers you for like 20 minutes, like I don't know how far along he is. He's far along, but the line I drew in the sand was like, when he doesn't remember me, that'll be the worst thing. He does remember me, but it turns out that's not the worst thing that can happen. But uh, yeah, he does. And you you absolutely are just like, that's yeah. magic. He can't like string a sentence together, but he mm-hmm. like knows who I am. That's something good. I don't, yeah. And I feel like with Alzheimer's patients, they never quite forget, forget. Like there's always like a little thing. I think it's moments. You have to look for like moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a friend pass away and so many funny moments happened during it being really sad. And I just like hang on to those things because he was a very funny person. And I'm like, oh, this is all stuff he would have laughed at. And it's not it doesn't make it better, but it like makes me feel slightly better that like maybe if there is an afterlife, he was laughing or something. A thousand percent. And I wish people think about me now that I'm alive (laughs) and knowing when they do, I don't take for granted. It feels so good. And so (laughs) you thinking about your friend when he's not here, like that is a way of being alive. Like Mm -hmm. so that's nice. nice. It's oh, <laughs> that's so nice. And then he's alive and like how many people who are thinking about him at mm-hmm. anything. And like, that's just so nice. Like it's in the most fucked up thing. And yeah. I just want to say for the record, I am so anti like, you know, I grew from it and I got stronger or like uh, the, the true crime of you'll have something to write about. This is good material. Like, I I would just like to say, I think anyone who thinks about saying that, particularly about a tragedy, you could just hold on to that. Just hold on to that. Unless it's like a really good friend and you know they need to hear it. You could just hold that. Yeah, just hold that. You don't have to write from your trauma. No, you don't. No. You can make stuff up. That's yes. really cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's cool? Just making shit up. Yeah. I only want to say that because it's like, I think it is true that like we do learn things, but it's like a bad thing didn't have to happen for you to learn that necessarily. Yeah. And it's like, I understand why people try to like spin it into silver lining because they're trying to survive, man. I get it. But it's yeah. like, it also can just fucking suck. Yes. The worst thing I think people say is like after my mom died, she was she was very religious. She was like in mm-hmm. the church. People would be like, God only takes the best. And I'd be like, What? what? Or she's in a better place. And I'm like, but I'm still here and I don't have a mommy. Like it was. I'm sorry. I think I'm a pretty cool place to be. (laughs) And then they say time heals. Time doesn't heal. Time creates distance. Distance creates the fallacy of healing because there's distance. So you forget things that made you sad closer to the event. Wow. Yeah. And like, don't ever say to someone like, you'll feel better soon. It's like, no, it's just a sorrow that's with you and you have to acknowledge it. And then you got to go do something that makes you happy once you've acknowledged it. That's pretty rad. And it is just people trying. Like, I get it. It Mm -hmm. would, it would be, but it's like, you're just repeating something without really thinking about what the hell you mean by it. Well, that was one of the things that I wrote down as a question is like, I'm constantly trying to adjust how I respond to someone telling me that someone close to them died. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. 
I remember talking to like a mortician and he was like, I don't say I'm sorry. He's like, because that has kind of. Because he's like, money, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, not yeah. sorry. I'm getting paid, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and I was like, oh. And, and so I'm constantly sort of like trying to think of something that feels in the moment and isn't. I'm also reading a book on grief. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay that you're not okay or whatever. And there's a big chapter on things that people say. That's like, this is not helping anybody. Uh, do you have a comfort level with that? Do you have things you try to say? Or I, I think we all covered things we try not to say. Right. But. Mm-hmm. I try to say, I do say, I, I will say I'm sorry. And I'll be like, it actually really sucks. Yeah. Um, I want you to feel feelings. Um, and if you want to like go to dinner and like just talk or cry or anything, I'm here for you. And, you know, not everybody, but, like, you know, friends get this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if you've had a, something tragic, we are so sorry, and we feel for you, and mm-hmm. you should feel your feelings, but don't hit up Nicole. Don't hit me <laughs> up if I don't know you. That's nice. It's, like, a little, like, umbrella of, mm-hmm. like, you have options here. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have a mutual friend whose mom died, and every now and then I get a text from him where he, like, says something about his mom, and I love it. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, we have that bond where both... Both our moms are gone. And I had reached out to him and I was like, truly, if you want to just like cry or like tell me about her, like I'm happy to listen because I think after people die, you're like, well, I don't know who wants to hear about them. They were special to me and you don't know them. But like, I love hearing stories about somebody that someone loved. Yeah. You know, like if your mom made you like a special snack and you're reminded of it, it's like, I want you to feel comfortable with me to be like, oh, my mom made that and she put this and this and this on it. Can we like eat that? Can we order that? Or yeah. Whatever? Like, I think that's really sweet and nice and vulnerable in a way that people don't think to be. Yeah. It's so nice because there's like predetermined times where you're supposed to talk about it. Like, you know, there's a funeral and then I've just mm-hmm. learned there's a wake. <laughs> Earlier, <laughs> just the, learned? Uh, Jews do, we call it different oh. stuff. So it very well could be the same. But, um, and then there's like anniversary. We mm-hmm. have your site in Judaism. So it's like, if it's outside of those bounds, I feel like people sometimes are like, well, now I'm, I'm stepping out of the bounds and I'm being too much or whatever. But mm. it's like, that can't be. <clears throat> what did the mortician say Oh, yeah. They say other than I'm sorry, or they just are strong and silent. (laughs) Strong and silent. (laughs) They just stare at you. I wish I could remember more of what it was, but he was like, that's such the immediate response. And he's like, and you can feel sorry, but he's like, is there a way to sort of express like condolences in a way that feels like I'm sorry for your loss uh, is kind of where people start, I think. And it's like, but expressing sorrow and saying I'm sorry are kind of like different things. And I right. don't remember. Mm. And I have tried to sort of go in the direction of like, I know somebody who just, their dog died. And I was like, if you want to send me a picture and gush about them. That's nice. And they did. And I was like, because my own journey with it has been like, I feel like there are appropriate times or a clock. And it's like, and everybody's going through tragedy. And so it's like, I think there's a societal pressure of like you have a window and then mm-hmm. after that, even though nobody says it, although I have 
been reading that people do say stuff like still like like there's there'll be like tv shows where it's like his wife died four years ago you gotta get back out there guy (laughs) it's like no he doesn't no he He doesn't take 10 years 20 years he could never go get back out there now ding 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 (laughs) it depends on how you feel do you want to introduce love in your life maybe not in that way yeah that person probably sleeps so good. I want to sleep. <laughs> I want a night's sleep like the person who goes like, you're still yammering on about your deadline. I mean, they're dead, buddy. <laughs> why We laid her to rest. Now put it to rest. <laughs> and then just <laughs> soundly. Yeah, I, I think maybe, and I don't want to put words in the mortician's mouth. They like to put cotton balls in our mouths. So I would never, I would never do that to them. I don't even know if that's true. I completely made that up. God feels real. <laughs> feels real. So I'm fully just making things up. Uh, yeah, yeah. That maybe the idea is like, don't say a rote response. Like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. Not that people would deliver it a little better than that, but that it's more just sort of like, what do you feel to say to them in the moment of like, how are you honestly responding mm-hmm. to what that person said? So it's not just sort of like spewing out whatever. Yeah, just sort of platitudes feel so weird. But a funny thing that I realizes just sort of being there is kind of the only thing anyone can do. And I will be annoyed by almost anything. And it's not at the person. You're just so mad that no one can like fix your problem. Mm -hmm. And so I remember distinctly having the feeling of like, my friends aren't saying, they're like not bringing it up. And I'm like actively, you know, like leaving town to deal with some stuff and then coming back. So, and I kind of, it was in a weird state at the time. So I was like, my really close friends aren't saying they're sorry. And then like, 20 minutes later, a close friend said they were sorry. And I was like, now they're saying they're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, there's just nothing. There's just no words. No. And I love that people try. And one second later, I recognize that I was being absolutely nuts. (laughs) Yeah. Like tragedy makes you crazy. When my mom died, my aunts and people came to like help clean out her stuff. And that was good. But when my dad died, his brother and sister came to clean out his stuff, and that was not good. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, same action, but... <laughs> yes, but one was okay, and one was not. Do you like that one side of the fan? Like, were you a little no, closer? No, it was just, I think things happened maybe a little slower with my mom, and, like, mm. they went through her things, and they were like, oh, I'll take this, I'll take that. And then with my dad, it felt like they were just quickly getting things out of the house because then we had to, like, sell it. And I was like, it's going too fast! Yeah. (laughs) But it was good to have help. It was just things just make you crazy. Like I screamed at my uncle for throwing out one of his sweatshirts that he never wore. (laughs) It wasn't like a signature sweatshirt. (laughs) The man never wore it. And I was like, how could you? (laughs) This makes so much sense, though. Like you you were about to deal with a totally different life transition. And like that, that all makes so much sense. And also fuck that uncle. (laughs) <laughs> no, he was just trying to be helpful. Okay. Also, I love things and yeah. like, other people don't like things the way I like them. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you have kept all of it if you could? Not all of it. I do. So my mom, I have a couple purses and she had never been to Barbados. My dad is from Barbados. And I took my grandpa last year. So I took one of her purses so she could go too. Oh, Nicole. Um, That's really nice. Yeah. Thank you. And I have like a couple sweatshirts he did wear and then like a T-shirt he wore all the time. 
a sweater that my mom wore all the time that I would wear until once I walked past the mirror and I was like, I look like her. And then I was like, put it away. (laughs) Can't wear that anymore. Nobody needs that. (laughs) So, yeah, it's nice to have those things that I can just look at sometimes. And I have her old perfume that I used to spray on my bed because it felt like she was there until one day I did it and I started sobbing and I was like, well, that's a wrap. (laughs) That's not for me anymore. Uh, But I still have it and that's nice. And, you know, whatever space or non-space your mom is in, like, it's nice that you're thinking about her. Yeah. In the future or whenever, if you want to just tell me a story about your mom. Yeah. I would love to hear it. Okay. I mean, over time, I've heard some stories and she sounds really funny. (laughs) Yeah, she was delightful. Yeah, I mean... No doubt the person who raised Nicole Byer is delightful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another question we had is, what's your feeling on old age? Are you excited? Is it weird? Is it uh, something you're horny for? It's <laughs> a good question. I don't want it. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to be done at like 65. Okay. Uh, I simply, my grandpa's 95 and boy, oh boy, I don't want it. He's so yeah. fucking old, man. Yeah. <laughs> but he's very funny. Like, I, I no, I don't want it. I don't want my body to, like, just, like, crumble. And, and then I have to, like, do things to keep my brain sharp. Like, what? <laughs> no. I, I do think sometimes that I hope that, like, coming up with jokes is a good way to keep your brain sharp because then we'll we'll be doing little brain crunches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just little brain crunches. <laughs> no, I don't want it. How do you feel about it, Jake? I don't know. Uh, I do have a weird sort of feeling of, like, I'm not crazy about anything enough that like that I want to hang on at every <laughs> like there's nothing that's like keep prop me up, keep me going. It's like, yeah, well, I'm just, like kind of let me go. <laughs> I let it go. Have but, you seen recent pictures of Dick Van Dyke? This is so mean. <laughs> he's so old and scary. He's old. He's so old. I got a like, look. <laughs> yes, I have. He's uh, too old. I, or I saw Clint Eastwood in Cry Macho or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is someone else's joke, but it's like the tension of that movie is like, is he going to make it to the other side of the room? <laughs> oh, like, wow. it is like, <laughs> it's, it's so, I mean, he's like 90 oh, acting wow. as a guy going to like drive down to Mexico <laughs> to like pick a kid up or whatever. And you're like. This he shouldn't feels- be driving. <laughs> no. And it's Wait, like- this movie makes no sense. <laughs> and it's like, oh, there we go. Oh, oh my god. You. Do you like that's that not is what such I a want. Mean picture. <laughs> this is a picture of Dick Van Dyke like getting caught pulling up his sagging pants. This is like and a prank. I, I don't, I'm not like wishing death on the man. I don't want that for me. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I don't. I don't want to be hobbling to the car and be yeah. like, what? What? What'd you say? No. So. I, I I want to be old, but obviously and healthy, you know, like mm-hmm. I want my if my brain is good and my body's OK, I think that sounds good. And I, I don't know what number to assign to that. But like 65 seems good. But like right? if I'm if I'm still funny <laughs> and people want to hang out with me, there's plenty of like I don't want that. I think he looks fine. No, no, he does. But here's the thing. When his face looks like paper mache, this I is, don't want it. This isn't a threat. But when I look like that. We're going to all look like that. I know. And that makes it, I think that's going to be really funny. I want to, well, I like, you know, I shouldn't say I'll, I'll look 
pretty bad, I bet. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I had so, like a lot of years of sun damage and I, I'm trying to k- put a clamp on it, but it's like, it's going to come Start for wearing me. sunscreen. I've absolutely started. Okay. Um, but, you know, the damage, you can't take back what you, uh, all I, those days I, I, in I Santa Barbara. It. But um, I genuinely think us being old together would be, you know, again, this is like with the miracle that we don't have major health or mm-hmm. mental health issues. I think it would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> I I actually look forward to it. And I've said this and it's sort of empty at this point, but I think we should all be buying property mm. somewhere, big swath of land and start building some little bungalows on it. We have separate residences, but a communal space where we can, maybe there's a little stage. Oh my God. And we just perform for each other. And we go, remember the days of LA? And we bring people in to perform for us when people need medical care, we bring it in. So it's just oh. sort of like a nursing home or an assisted living, but it's just your pals but also you have private space so we're not going to get sick of each other mm-hmm. i'm like not that. saying you have to agree to it now no, no. i'm, I'm in. agreed yeah, i like jake, it jake has an address oh. <laughs> um, you're getting unit b <laughs> yes yeah thank you <laughs> but it's like if we can pull this off i think it'll be funny it does sound like a nice way to live the rest of your days mm-hmm. yeah with people just who, hanging out with my friends who are like are you old if everyone's about the same around you? Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Are you old if people see you? If an old tree falls in the woods and no one is allowed <laughs> And all the other trees it, are old. Are old. I guess they don't hear it. <laughs> it doesn't make a They're sound. Like, Did something fall? <laughs> but yeah, obviously, like, there's a lot of fear with getting old, but I don't know, guys. Units C through Z are available. <laughs> all right. I'll take E? Yeah. Okay. Put a little space between you and Jake. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want E because I'm going to put a little elephant on my door. Oh, That's okay. such a good idea. <laughs> I should absolutely do that. Yeah. Keep it cute. <laughs> so we get to do a segment right now that is one of our favorite segments mm-hmm. uh, called Get Something Off Your Chest. Mm-hmm. We've opened up some lines uh, where people can share something true that maybe they haven't ever said out loud before. And mm-hmm. when you share it, we're going to say out loud, you're, you're gross, gross and, and that's, that's okay. okay. And it feels really nice. Yeah. And Jake and I always go first because we never ask anyone to share anything we wouldn't ask you to share. Do you have something? I do. Okay. I was trying to think along the light episode about death. Mm-hmm. And when my grandpa died, we like went to clean out his little space. And this was in 2016. The reason the date matters is it was before the advent of the website Hymns, which I don't know if the two of you know what Hymns is. <laughs> oh, I know what Hymns is. <laughs> I know what him says. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> and I have, you know, uh, I occasionally have ED and I was like, cool. I wonder if my I'm thrilled by this. <laughs> Sorry. And I was like, I wonder if my grandpa had any Cialis or Viagra. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll clean out his medicine cabinet for everybody. <laughs> he didn't have any. But <laughs> but in the midst of grieving and packing, I was like, I'll take the bathroom. Uh, You're like, I gotta see if my grandpa's dick got hard. <laughs> Were you gonna 
take it if he had yeah, it? Yeah. Because I didn't know how else to get it. And and in his will, it said specifically, I bequeath Jake my boner pills. He'd want me to have them. That's so funny. Uh, he was dating late in life. I figured uh, he yeah. was also in a retirement home. I was like, they're probably easily accessible yeah. around here. And that was also a time when I probably wouldn't have gone to my doctor. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing wrong with you taking them. That oh, I know. Great. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Stealing them from my. <laughs> <laughs> You're, You're gross, gross and, and that's, that's okay. okay. Thank you. I thought that this was my line, but I realized after today, it's not. I, I would like to share this. So I humped a lot of stuffed animals. That mm-hmm. I didn't like masturbate other than humping stuffed animals. And um, <laughs> some of them are still around my parents' house. They live in the same house that I grew up in. Or my dad doesn't live there anymore, but my mom does. And it's already been weird sometimes. You know, they're, they're like sitting in like little bundles around and it's weird to like lock eyes with one and they're looking at you like they know <laughs> what you did. Like, are you coming back? <laughs> yeah. I'm having a good time without and, you. Um, <laughs> this is a side story, but also as a full adult after not having humped any stuffed animals for a long time, I was at a white elephant party and someone unwrapped their gift, which was one of those FAO Schwartz giraffes. Ooh, like, mm-hmm. ex- yeah, expensive, a, a really big ticket item. And everyone was reacting to how cool it was. And I found my vagina fully getting wet and <laughs> gulping. <laughs> I didn't know I could have such a reaction, but my vagina fully went. <laughs> and that's when you know it really had a big impact. So that's not even it. Cut to literally last week. Uh, my dad has been in and out of the hospital dealing with some stuff. And my sisters and I like to bring him flowers. Like we don't go to a store. So we'll just like pick just one flower off of something. I've bought him from Walgreens, like a new stuffed animal before. It's something he would have liked, I think, anyway, but also Alzheimer's patients, a lot of times they like holding like baby dolls. And mm-hmm. you're, you're really like reverting to child-likeness in a lot of ways. And I show up uh, after my mom and sister have already gotten there and my sister stopped at our house to grab a stuffed animal. <laughs> and I walk in and see my dad hugging <laughs> a stuffed animal that let's just say I have a history with. <laughs> It was a pink panther. And I I used to hump it. <laughs> and um uh you know, what am I gonna rip it out of the man's arms? And it's like I have had the thought. I don't know if you've thought about this at all, Nicole, where it's just sort of like, yeah, I'll be with someone one day and it's just like my dad's just not going to know them. And that's uh, okay. It's neither here nor there. And it's like this moment I got to be like, well, now my dad's sort of. <laughs> 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 this is actually kind of nice. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's as close as I'll get. My what are your intentions with my- <laughs> one of my lovers? <laughs> Gilly, that's really fucking funny. You're gross and that's okay. Oh, thanks. Um, oh, wow. Do you have something you want to share? It does not have to be related. It, it truly can be anything at all. And you can also say, no, thank you. 
<laughs> I do an insane thing where I like to buy vintage clothing. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Like eBay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wild. <laughs> of like eBay and Etsy and Depop. I, I like all those places. And sometimes I'll find something that I know is too small for me and I'll buy it anyway so someone else cannot enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll just sit in my house. And I'll like smile. Like there's one dress that's sitting on my bed right now that is, I don't know, eight sizes too small. And every time I look at it, I go, hm, I have you. And there's no one, like, there's not a nice lady who could put this dress or a person who could put this dress on and like take a picture and be like, look how cool I look. You can't look cool. And I'm taking that from you. You're mine. Oh, that's incredible. You're You're gross gross, and that's that's okay. okay. That is like 100% you're right. The whole point of buying an item of clothing is so it brings you joy. Yep. Who fucking cares how it brings you joy? That's amazing. This is capitalism, baby. It's yours. It's wild. That's great. And after maybe a couple years, I'll give it away. That's nice. And that's my way of being like, okay, someone doesn't have to like buy this for a ton of money. Yeah. Of like give it to Goodwill yeah. or something. You're like evening the playing field. <laughs> just insanity. <laughs> You're just sort of like a stop along the way. <laughs> so we got a very exciting voicemail from a listener. So mm-hmm. we're going to get a little get something off your chest from one of you, which is so cool. Let's have a have, have a, a here. Have a here. Have a here. <laughs> have a little here. Okay. So I work at a mortuary and one time we got a call to pick up a body at a motel And when we got there, the police officer warned us that this dead man had a colostomy bag that he had ripped out in the process of falling slash dying. So when we got into the room, he had been decomposing for a couple of days and was covered in dried feces. Um, So as you can imagine, we wrapped him very tightly in some plastic body bags. And as we were pushing him out the motel door and into our van, the motel manager came out and started hitting on us. And my friend and I were so disgusted by this. Like, how predictable are men? They will literally hit on you in the most disgusting and morbid situations. And we just went on and on about how disappointing the male sex is. And as soon as we were done with that, we started talking about how big the dead man's dick was because I have never seen a dick this large and they shrink when you die. So theoretically, we were looking at a smaller dick than the man was walking around with eight days ago. And I guess my confession is that I too am not above thinking about sex in the grossest, most morbid scenarios because... On a body covered in feces, the thing that I noticed the most was how large his dick was. That's great. That's Uh, wild. Not only was he covered in shit, he was decomposing. The decomposing is way worse. Yes, and she was stuck on the shit. I feel... Like, my hair is thicker. <laughs> my skin is clearer. I feel so alive right now. That was, that was so wild. Good. I love, that is nuts. And Jake did say, this was someone you know who sent this in. Sorry mm-hmm. to spoil that. But you <laughs> earlier also said you were talking to a mortician and we just flew by that. So Oh, yeah. Different guess, mortician. But. No way. I love it. I love yeah. that you have a stable of morticians <laughs> to talk to. Um, Do you have a will? Do you have a will? I don't. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Everyone should have a will. You know, you're right. I have some things 
like with my, uh, our union has, you like assign stuff. So mm-hmm. that's just like brass tacks, but. Um, well, yeah. both of you should put all of your finances in a trust and then you can name an executor. I know a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then you can name an executor of your trust. So your estate does not revert to the government. Yeah, first. we don't want It goes that. to your executor mm-hmm. and then your executor can make choices based on things and take oh. money out before it's taxed and stuff. So that's a thing you should do. That is very helpful advice. Yeah. So and if anyone close to you dies, get a bunch of death certificates because everyone needs like an original copy of a death certificate. And it's not something that's easy to get down the line. That's why like when you get them at first, if like they want to give you 10, get 20, get 30. Oh, wow. Wow. That I would have literally never in a thousand years Like if you have five credit cards, each company will want to. Oh, my God. Like a lot of them don't take maybe things have changed since we settled my dad's stuff. But a lot of them wanted originals. And then he didn't tell them my mom died. So things reverted to her and she was dead. (laughs) So you'd be like, nah, nah, she dead, too. She can't have shit. And it isn't isn't someone being like, I'm going to punish you when I die. It's just like nobody knows this stuff. Think to do it because we don't want to talk about it because it's it's sad. sad. So in your will, can you say if there's a seat available? I'd like you to shoot my body into space. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I think it's property that is legally what you can like divvy up. Uh And I think you can ask for things to be done, but that's not legally upholding. It's just sort of like like a suggestion. I'm 90% sure about this. I also don't want my dead body in space. That feels like a waste. I want to be there for the ride. Yeah, I want to look. (laughs) (laughs) I have sex with the lights on and I want to look at space. I'm crazy. You're insane. (laughs) On that note, we got to say, Nicole, you're the truly best and the brightest in the whole wide world. Thank you. Thanks for coming and having a light conversation about death. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. Thank (laughs) Thank you you. so much. And now Jake and I are going to leave uh, everyone and we'll say goodbye to Nicole and we're going to go get a little stoned and brainstorm the segment for the next episode. Yeah. So you can stay tuned after the credits for a little behind the scenes peek at how we brainstorm for next week's show. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to We're Gross. We show whole. We're your hosts, Gilly Nisim and Jake Jabor. A special thanks to our guests today, Nicole Byer. We're Gross is an Earwolf production produced by senior producers Cassie Jerkins and Scott Sonny. Our audio engineers are Jordan Duffy, Rich Garcia, and Alex Gonzalez. Listen to Earwolf Presents to hear new shows by your favorite comedians. Tell your friends. We're We're Gross gross, and that's okay. Okay, we are back. Uh, Jake and I enjoy doing... What? (laughs) Nothing. Sorry. (laughs) We enjoy doing... uh, For this podcast, we've been brainstorming at the end of every episode a segment that we're going to do at the following episode. And we thought it would be funny this time to try it stoned. Yeah. So We felt like we'd been nailing it so well that we wanted to add like a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we wanted to up the difficulty. We wanted to add uh, thunder, lightning, <laughs> moguls. Yeah. <laughs> Some people, is it's just not a big deal to be high in public. I'm not one of those people. Not at all. I do like doing it. And we've talked about doing it at our live show and never pulled it off because just comedy we- is timing. <laughs> <laughs> and when I get high, time becomes the greatest mystery of all. Yeah. 
It's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm fine being high in public if I'm not captaining the ship. True. Oh, yeah. But being... I think doing the show that way, it would have been like, oh, we got to get us out of here and all these people. Oh, it's yeah. It's like, I'm fine if it's like I'll be in the back of a Honda and we're going to like a drive-in movie. <laughs> oh, backseat. I'm at my best when I'm high in a backseat. Yeah. I don't even need front passenger, dude. <laughs> That's too much responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's, okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to, we're brainstorming for next week. Yes. Oh, uh, next week is Rax King. Yeah. He's going to be our guest. Very excited. So that's an author that Jake likes. We're like, mm-hmm. genuinely, it's so cool that we're going to get to talk to her. What's the theme? I forget. It's a gross world. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. So if the theme of the episode is it's a gross world. Yeah. And gross world, we had talked about kind of like image and trying to be present. Yeah. How we conduct to ourselves. The world. Like how of. we present ourselves. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so the first thing that comes to mind is I mean, I guess we're sort of doing one of our nightmares right now, but I would want to think like, what is okay. You already pitched the thing about the nudes. Oh, yeah. This feels like this is the time. <laughs> oh, we should do it? Yeah. yeah. Great. <laughs> do you remember? That we each send each other a tasteful nude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we look at it and we do a drawing of it, but we don't look at the drawing. We do one of those like, what are those called? They have like a name, like a blind. Yeah. You don't look and you don't lift your pen from the paper. Yeah. I'm going to amend it to, and this is because of my own thing, but I have never sent a nude. Okay. And I won't. So we'll just maybe do it from memory because we've been (laughs) naked on stage. (laughs) Is that not good? You want me to, from memory, draw you naked without looking at the paper and lifting my (laughs) pen? Talk about adding moguls. Okay, I'm fine to do it from memory. <laughs> I was gonna send. I, I was okay. gonna say I can send you one, but then that feels weird. Yeah, <laughs> only because of this. Let's call it okay. and see what we end up doing next week. Okay. <laughs> and what if you gave Scott and Jordan a hundred dollars each? That's a good We've idea. Got a segment to pitch. <laughs> it's called "See What Scott and Jordan Buy with Jake's Money." <laughs> That's actually not a terrible. <laughs> Wait, that's a totally. Okay, we're doing that. End the episode. End the episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you made it all the way to the end, you're a beautiful person. If you're not hearing this voice, go to hell. Earwolf Presents is produced by Earwolf, Amelia Chapelo, and Cody Fisher. And of course, podcast daddy Colin Anderson himself. The Earwolf Presents series is hosted by the one and only myself, Jacquees Neal. And our theme music was engineered and sung by the amazing Jordan Duffy. Special thanks and shout outs to Jeff Gross and Aaron Nestor. And for more information on Earwolf Presents, visit Earwolf.com and follow us at Earwolf on all social platforms. <laughs>